Christ's name, amen. All right, um, well, we are in, uh, our topic today is um, sin. And um, what is going to be interesting about how we talk about that is obviously this is uh, a pretty, uh, a fairly basic um, kind of understanding in our theology, but I think it'll be helpful for us to uh, revisit kind of what our understanding is of uh, sin and its relationship to us. And so, um, and so, that's, uh, and so that's what we want to talk about this morning. Um, and uh, throughout our conversation, it's always is, you know, what is the wise way to live? Like, what does it look to, uh, to live uh, competently um, under God's design uh, so that we can uh, know not just like what not to do, but what to do as well? So, uh, so today, I'm hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, best situate the idea of sin, right, with what the good is. Um, and so as we think about that, I want, you, I want us to think about uh, words uh, that the scriptures that we're going to look at this morning uh, use to describe being obedient, uh, right, to God's design. And so we want to think of people, right, as being described a particular uh, way, that the righteous, right, are ones who, and so we're going to, uh, so here's some words that it uses to describe those who are right, so either in their character, right, or in their um, activity, so it describes this idea of being righteous, right? Uh, righteousness, being right, blameless, uh, uh, being blameless, uh, having loving kindness. Uh, it uses the word life, truth, uh, clean heart, fearing the Lord, having hope, having a future, uh, being rewarded, uh, being prosperous, and being atoned for. Okay, so those are all good words that it describes God's life. That is, as we follow him, that those are things that it uses to describe uh, his people that are obedient to that life. And then words that it uses to describe for those that are disobedient to God's design. This is the idea of, of wickedness, punishment, adversity, iniquity, sin, being haughty, um, proud, uh, envious, uh, transgressing some law, or ensnared. And so as we think about uh, those things, I want to ask you kind of what, what your attitudes or what the attitudes kind of in, uh, in society, the culture, people that you're around, like what are attitudes towards sin or what do they think it is? Because we use the word a lot without defining it. And so everything kind of becomes sin at some level. So what are, what are, what are ways that people think about it? Okay, self-indulgence. What else? Okay, being offensive. What else? Judgmental. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is you know what what we think of as sin now may not have been um, sin before, or vice versa. Yeah. Other other words that we use. So is sin something that we really think about? We want to avoid it, I guess. <laughs> but is it something that we, we are really uh, kind of have in the forefront of our mind as like what it is and oh, it's bad, you know? Like the coronavirus, we don't want to catch that, right? Do we, is sin something that we like catch? Is it something we fall into? You know, what does, what does that look like? So right, let's look at real quick the essence of, uh, the essence of sin and it's two different things. Um, and so there should be a slide 
uh, for this. So the first one I want to think of of sin as failure. All right, and so a lot of times, I don't know, most of my life I've thought of sin as this, as this thing I more fall into or I need to avoid or there are certain things that I may want to do, right, that, that you know, some old person calls, well, that's a sin. You know, you shouldn't do that. And they have to say, have a southern accent and kind of speak exactly like that. Um, but here's a good uh, definition. This comes from a, a theologian, um, Stanley Grintz, and he says this, in its essential nature, Sin describes our inability, okay, that'd be a good word to write down, our inability or even our set refusal to fulfill God's design for us, okay? Sin is, uh, is our inability or even set refusal to fulfill God's design for us. Simply stated, we miss the mark and fall short of God's glory. We fail to live in accordance with the destiny and design God intended. So once you think of that you, if God made you an arrow, Okay, and somebody puts you in a um, in an arrow shooter, uh, bow. I think it's called just all the all the fluid, <laughs> and put it in an arrow shooter. And so I, I shoot by uh, somebody shoots you, and so God's design for your life, right, for the activity that you do, for the emotions that you go through, basically all of the things that can that you can experience. For there to be a particular way that you experience all those things. That makes sense? So as you're an arrow in an arrow shooter, he shoots. And what his design for you is, is to be able to hit a mark. Does that make sense? And so sin is really the failure to hit that mark. Um, and so I want you to think about how often, um, and, and kind of wrap your head around then how we think of sin. Right? That, it, it, that if that is a better way to think about it. So there's this idea of like, well, I need to know what the mark is, right? Before I can try to hit it. And, and many of us don't. Many people don't know what the mark is. Uh, others do, right? And then so, so once I do know, I know what to hit. So we see this idea of sin as failure. The second thing, uh, then the second essence of sin is this idea of disruption of community. And so the first thing uh, as failure is you felt that, right? When somebody is disappointed in you, uh, when you have an, old, an older lady in your life who says sin like this, you know, uh, she's been disappointed at you of something or even thinking about, you know, doing things that you ought not do. But we, but we probably have felt sin um, more as a disruption of community, right? That I've done things that have severed relationships, Right? And so we see this idea of sin as, um, as failure to reflect the image of God, but then he intends us to show forth his character as I would like my son or daughter to showcase my character. Right, so what happens if you don't showcase the character that your parents expect you to have? What, how, is that, how does that affect your community with them? Is it usually like, I love it. I love that you didn't listen. <laughs> I love that you didn't do X or Y. How do they view uh, your, you in community? How does, that, how does that work when you don't obey your parents? I know you guys know this really well. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they're disappointed. Are you disappointed or are you mad? <laughs> that they're disappointed. They're disappointed, but you're mad that they're disappointed. What else? What are some other emotions that we experience through disobedience? Guilt. 
Okay, emotional distance, right? You've done the thing that they didn't want you to do, and so you kind of back up from one another. Punishment, yep. Right, so when we're punished, right, get smacked on the nose, right, we back up. So this term also designates an attitude or action that is ungodly and does not mirror God, that fails to reflect the manner in which God would think or act. And so we then uh, deal with this uh, disruption of community at three different levels, right? We fail in our community with God, meaning like we've done something that we know that he doesn't like, and so we feel distant from him, right? Okay, we've all felt disconnected. We fail to live in community with each other, so a lot of times I'll do something to a friend that I ought not have done, and I want them to like not think it's that big a deal, but it's really hurt them, right? And so there's distance, lack of community there. And then sometimes we fail to live in community with our natural environment. And so we, we don't do things in keeping with how things work. And right, so where we find this disruption of community, that's where sin is present, right? Something has happened that ought not to have happened, okay? So I want you to think about your life and how hard it is to like make what we might call valuations, right? So we all value things, correct? Okay, and then sometimes we value certain things uh, differently than maybe we should, agree? Okay, so sin a lot of times operates at the idea of us not being able to value things properly. All right, so I want you to take a minute to talk amongst yourselves and, and uh, find out instances where that may be the case. And so what I mean by that is, let me think about instances where I have, pro I have improperly valued something and that has led to a, uh, a failure or a disruption in community in some, in some way. Does that make sense? All right, when have you made an improper valuation on something that's led to a disruption of community? So. So for instance, like a penny candy, if I paid somebody $5 for like a little tiny piece of candy, that's an improper valuation of its worth, right? So how often in our minds are we choosing to do something that we think, right, that we improperly value, right? And how often do we make, in making those decisions, do we have disruption of community of some sort? Does that make sense? So trying to link those two things. All right, so, so real quick for those that still not quite, uh, not quite understanding. So think about what God says is good, okay? Do we have just maybe a few things that we say, hey, God says that um, X is good, right? And so he is valuing that particular thing above other things, okay? So, so believe it or not, God values your rest more than you do, right? Um, so there's this other thing where I value things, right? Like I value, uh, I grew up watching a lot of TV. I value that. Bet I value that more than God does. <laughs> when has that kind of misevaluation, right, led to like what shouldn't be? Does that make more sense? Okay. So what do you think?
Okay, yeah. So I'm valuing these friends as they're doing those things more than God says, hey, uh, it really matters the character of the people that you spend a lot of time with, right? Uh, First Corinthians says, you know, bad company corrupts good morals, right? If there's 10 people doing something bad, I can't assume, right? That's an improper evaluation. That's great. Something else. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because so sometimes we we can it, we think that we're actually valuing sex when we're actually devaluing it. Right. So but it, but each thing has led to a proper or like an improper valuation of for ourselves. And it's, it leads to things. Yeah. Great question. Somebody else. What are some other things that we. Don't value wisdom enough from, from parents or from yeah. other people. That's right. That's absolutely correct. Does that make sense? So when we start to see sin in this way, as opposed to it being, uh, uh, when somebody calls sin, we kind of joke and they just don't want me to have any fun, <laughs> right? We need to think about, well, that God is not, has is no business or has no interest in like decreasing your fun, right? What he has a great interest in, right, is, is for you to increase community, not to decrease it. Right, for you to succeed and not fail. And so when we don't think of sin in those terms, we need different terms to think of it. We can start wrapping our heads around what the good is that God wants for us. Because we value things much, much differently than he does. Does that make a little bit more sense? And so in our own lives, if we are going to run from sin, uh, as we talked about on Thursday, if we're going to recognize sin as a roach, right, that I want to kill, then I need to understand sin in a much more substantive way, right, than I currently do, because I literally just let it kind of be most often. Ah, that's fine. They're just going to get mad, right? It's okay that I didn't quite do what God wanted me to do, right? And we just dismiss it offhand. So let's look at um, just kind of four things in the Proverbs here um, that we want to, that we want to, make more sense to us. So the first thing is this idea of what does sin get us and what does obedience get us? So is that, is that ever how we think about like our actions? We don't think about it like that, do we? How do we think, how do we decide what we're doing when we know it's kind of a bad idea, even something like dumb, right? I can think of as a middle schooler, I'm walking behind my pack of friends, like, you know, I think it'd be funny just to kick my friend's heel. You know, you kind of Right, and he, and he falls. Right, what am, I, what am I thinking about when I, when I see that? I'm like, oh, that would be funny. Okay, and it is funny, but to who? Else. Everyone else except the person <laughs> that I kind of clipped, clipped their heel. I'm laughing, everyone else in the group is laughing, but they're not laughing. What am I deciding when I do something like that? Maybe you guys have not been so cruel. I have done that thing probably more often than I'd like to admit. That very thing. (laughs) You. (laughs) So what are we thinking about when we are faced with, like, you know, I don't know who gave me that idea, but I just ran with it. Yeah, that's good. Why do, we, why do we decide to do that? We're faced with the decision. I could easily, there's instances where I've seen that 
And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that this time. What makes me decide one way or the other? Alex. Okay. Yeah. What else? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Those are good. Because in, in the effect of sin, right, there's almost this immediate payoff. Right? If I kick the heel, I'm going to get a laugh. Right? That's what that gets me. And I don't really care in that instance what I need to do. Like at a certain point, like I'll do it. At a certain point, I won't because it's not worth it. But like at a certain point, like, hey, I don't think that guy will get up and punch me in the face. <laughs> I think he'll just kind of brush it off and, and be okay with it. Right? But then what, a, but, but does obedience typically work like that? You know, let's say I'm walking on campus and, and just some sunglasses fall out the back of a back of a backpack, right? And I'm walking and I pick them up and I'm faced with the choice. Hey, these look, look pretty good on me. But I can still see the person up there. What do I do? Do I run up after them? Hey, 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 you drive your sunglasses. Do I just conveniently not do that? Because the disobedience will get me some sunglasses, but what does obedience get me? And so, so often we think that we don't have really this really good, strong picture of, for a reason to be obedient. Amen? And so let's look at a couple of verses here. So the first one is Proverbs ten sixteen. It says, the wages of the righteous is life, and the income of the wicked is punishment. So when you, so how many of you have like done the right thing a few times in a row? Hopefully everyone, you know, yeah, good, good job guys. Well done. A lot of times the, the, the joy kind of obedience lived over a, a positive period of time. We almost have to kind of think about, hey, you know what? I'm not like, I have friends, people like me. There's nothing really I'm like worrying about or kind of worrying about getting caught in. And yet when I sin most often, uh, and it, I mean, it could be just a myriad of things that I don't really like I'm going to get caught at some point. Like it's not like I could or I couldn't like it's just going to happen. It's just a matter of like when. Right. And so this is this promise. Right. That the wages of the righteous is life, kind of life uninterrupted. Right, that there's nothing that I have to worry about. And a lot of times we don't value that very highly, do we? Of just for things to kind of go as they should go. Because maybe up until this point, like we don't really know what that feels like. <laughs> like how are things supposed to be right now? I only have my experience and, and what comes from that. And so I think that this is something that we have to deal with. That, uh, that, uh, that I, I can flee punishment Right by not doing the wrong thing, but, but but that's really the only kind of the short-term version. But those of you that are rule followers, why are you a rule follower? Renee's a rule follower, so give us some insight into why you like following the rules. I don't. I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do. Um, I like to be told what to do, and I like to be told what 
Okay. Okay. And there's a sense of like, um, I guess like of ease or peace. Mm -hmm. I'm following the rules, so I'm not worried like, you know, where's the white people straight? So would you say that you that that's a sense like a strong sense that you've always had, or a strong sense that was developed? It is. And so, what motivates us along? I think it's like figuring out, oh, life has gone well. Like life goes well for me when I'm following the rules, and then I like that feeling. I like things going well. Let's keep this train rolling. Yeah. Somebody else. That's a. That's a more of a rule follower. I think often it's like I put myself in the other person's shoes if they bought something. Yeah. 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 And I saw her Carolina car and just like called out the name to see if the person was still there. Yeah. And then helped her find like her credit card and other yeah. stuff. So it's like that for me, I would want someone to like let me know so I could go find her name before it's all lost. Absolutely. So a lot of times I want to call, you may say, well, I think that's always been my personality, but I want to give you a little bit more credit than that because I think that that's wise, right? Because all of us have done things that we didn't like, right? And all of us hopefully have actually been punished for that because we're trying to learn not to do that. But what I think is different about those that were punished that are wise is that they're like, hey, I want this punishment to count for something. Like that really made a difference. Whereas how many of you have been punished for something that made no difference? <laughs> Why? Why do we do that? Because I'm like that as well. I'll keep making the same mistakes, right? I'm unwise. What's the difference? Why do we struggle with that sometimes? Do you understand that? Like, God wants us to learn. Like, He doesn't want us to have to keep learning the same lessons over and over again. Like, the punishment is a blessing. If you get punished the first time you do something, count yourself lucky. Because what the idea is, is not you shouldn't be mad about that. If we can look back, we need to say, like, thank you <laughs> for trying to teach me. The issue is, I don't want to learn. You understand? Do you want to be someone that learns? So let's look at a couple other ones and we'll jump to one more. It says Proverbs 21, for haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked is sin. It's basically saying um, this idea that the that like kind of the that they the light that they live by is not the way that God wants them to go. The decisions they make is basically like, uh, is kind of selfishness. Proverbs 29, 6, By transgression an evil man is ensnared, but, but righteous sings and rejoices. What do you do when you get caught? <laughs> what do you do? What are some emotions that go through your head when you get caught doing something? Yes. Just lie. Just don't. <laughs> I'm busted. Lie, Andy, lie. <laughs> what else? What else do we do? Shame. Yep. Yeah. What was there was another one? Huh? 
shift blame? <laughs> it was Matthew. <laughs> what else? What else happens when we get caught? It's just kind of straight up embarrassing, right? Like think about like getting caught in a trap. You're like, okay, everyone knows that I was over here doing this. I can't run away. I mean, I'm just kind of here. Hey guys, what's, what's happening? Cameron the other day talked about uh, this story where she was uh, maybe inebriated and fell into the fountain and made herself green <laughs> when she was in college. And uh, she shared that maybe about a month ago. Um, but it's like, hey, I'm walking around with my mistake, right? So what does sin get us? What does obedience? I want us to be more aware, right, of, of those two things. So the second thing, how do we fall into sin or how do we stay out of it? So um, how many of you are aware of how you fall into sin? That doesn't necessarily like keep you out of the sin, but at least you're aware, <laughs> like the roads that you go down, right? That's something. Good, good job. But then what about this idea of how do we stay out of it? Like, has anybody ever thought about kind of, here's how I get into the mess. How do I, like, avoid the mess? This happens a lot with kids. Like, they do things, and you're, like McClendon the other day, he picked up a stamp pad, like an ink pad, and like a stamp, and he just put it on his hands. He's like, look, he's 10, okay? <laughs> hey, guys, look. And both of us like, oh, my, oh, um, Buddy, that, that doesn't like wash off. And so for the next 20 minutes, like we're putting all kinds of liquid dissolvents on his hands and he's just like, <laughs> just scrubbing and his hands are slightly less blue today. Right? And so we don't think about the sin that we get in, right? But how do I, but do I want to like, how do I avoid blue ink <laughs> in my life? As there's a couple of verses. Proverbs 13, 6. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless, but wickedness subverts the sinner. And so I want to think of this idea of these, um, the two words here, particularly this word subverts, is it undermines us. Anybody familiar with this word like this? That it, it's it's. Like whatever we're trying to do is basically kind of knocking the foundation, chipping away at the thing we're trying to do. It undermines us. And so here's the, the and so undermining, if you're not uh, a better definition of that, is lessening our effectiveness. So basically what sin does is whatever you're trying to do, it's, it's chipping away at the effectiveness of whatever it is of, of you accomplishing what you're trying to do. Does that make sense? So if I'm live, trying to live a godly life, sin compromises <laughs> that. So we think we're just bad and God's keeping score. He's like, no, I see that that's not allowing you to live the life that you yourself want to live. You're just valuing wrong things to try to get to the same place that I want you to be. Do you understand? Like when you chase the things that we call sin, I chase the things we call sin. I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to have the things that God calls me to do, but God's saying, Robbie, you don't understand that stuff doesn't get you there. And so I'm trying to like teach you through punishment, right? Through consequences of, of not 
of understanding that the things that you improperly value, that's why they're improperly valued, because they don't lead to the things that, they're, that you think they lead to. But the things that I say that they lead to, those are the things that actually get you there. Is that right? Does that make sense? Questions about that? Thoughts? So doing what God says to do, right, does not lessen the effectiveness, <laughs> does not subvert you, does not undermine what you're trying to do. Proverbs 13, 21, adversity pursues sinners, but righteous will be rewarded with prosperity. I love how this is put. Uh, anyone love adversity? So if you didn't, uh, so easier, adversity is difficulty. So, hey, well, let's, uh, why don't you walk to class? That's right, like I, maybe I got to walk a certain way. Well, why don't we walk to class on marbles? Because it's just life is not hard enough. Right, wouldn't that be fun? So I got to walk a mile, but what about walking a mile over marbles, right? This would be like adversity, <laughs> making it more difficult. When we do or choose what God says we shouldn't choose, again, not because he hates you or because he doesn't want you to have fun, but he says that undermines the very things that you want, right? And so when, when we sin, adversity pursues us. Right? Things become more difficult. Amen? Anybody else feel that? Yeah, that is what happens. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yes, Rob, you are. And then lastly, Proverbs 16, 6, but loving kindness and truth, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Now, do you not do things because you're scared? Shake your head. Oh, absolutely you do. Right? So why do we see that as a bad thing? Like if you're scared to, uh, to try something or to do something foolish because you've seen someone get really, really hurt, right? Or a relationship end or whatever, like why do we think that, that um, why do we undervalue that? Yep, absolutely. That's a great, that it says fear is weakness. No, it's not. What else? What else do we struggle with that? Why do we struggle with like not liking that we're scared of something for the right reasons? Yeah. Yeah, shame of man, absolutely. One more. Why do we do that? Yeah. I'm not afraid to do something stupid that'll ruin my life. <laughs> but, but when we do it, that, that is absolutely, we're, we're literally rolling the dice. Right? Just seeing what we can get away with sometimes. And that's, the, the Bible calls that foolishness. That is foolishness, as I think about some of the things that I've tried to get away with. By loving kindness and, iniqui and truth, iniquity is atoned for. I want you to think also of all the, the, just the crappy things 
that somebody maybe has done to you, think about the, a time that you've forgiven somebody. If you didn't forgive them, if you didn't show them forgiveness and loving kindness, then they wouldn't be, uh, your friends right now that you have, if you didn't show them regular forgiveness and loving kindness, you would not be friends right now. Amen? Right? We have to overlook a lot of stuff. Some stuff we can't overlook and relationships break up. But whether it's friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, we, we know that to be true. All right, lastly, um, just two things here at the end. Number three is the prevalence of sin. Right, that I, my, my ability to, to, to misvalue things knows no bounds. Right, as it relates to what I think will make me happy or what I'm used to doing, right? Those things I consistently, I consistently, I consistently mis, uh, misvaluate it. And so sin is prevalent in our lives. Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure from my sin? But you see, here's the issue is that as Christians, as we talked a little bit about this on Thursday, it's like Christ has come to put away our sin. Not for us to like feel better about it. Like he's, he's here, if you didn't know that, he has come into your life, if you'll cooperate with him, to rid you of sin. Now, you're always going to be bad at the valuation, but guess what? He wants you to get better at it. He wants me to be better, right, of wanting and being able to choose the things that he has for me that are right. And so that prevalence does not have to continue. The temptation will continue, but the prevalence of me engaging in it don't have to. And then lastly, what is our attitude towards sin? Verse 17, and I think that this one might be, resonate with us the most as we close. It says, do not let your heart envy sinners. I think that's a lot of our problem. I know that's a lot of my problem. Right, as I sit here and make okay decisions, I look at somebody else and like, man. As I'm sitting here eating my, you know, tofu burger with sprouts on it. <laughs> which is how he's like, refraining from like these big sins. Man, that other burger looks real good. Do not let, and that's on me, about letting myself think about what I could be doing, right? I kind of dream of like, oh man, as I continue to misvalue things, oh, what it could give me. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. You think about that as we live in hope, right? They were assuming that we will always have hope. But you know that there's people in this world that don't have any and struggle with that. That we're asking the Father as we do the things that He calls us to do, right? As we're obedient to that, as we trust Him by doing that, right? It says our hope will not be cut off. Because the thing in which we hope in that instance, right, makes promises, right? And we say yes to that when we're obedient. So as we think about these four things, does sin, what does sin get us and what does obedience? How do we fall into sin? How do we stay out of it? The prevalence of sin in our life, but that God wants that to be less so. 
right, and our attitudes towards sin. So as we close here, what thoughts or questions do you have as far as any of those um, ideas? How we can think about that better, and most importantly, what God has for us uh, better versus him just keeping us from fun things. How does that challenge you? I know you have thoughts. Besides, like, I'm real sleepy. And I'm real full. Yes? Um, what do you think are the ways that we can kind of reinforce the belief that sin is bad for us? Okay. Like, the thing that makes it hard is that burden does get extremely good. It does. And I know it's bad for me, but I don't believe that it's really that bad. Yeah. I think some of it, um, I think some of it, uh, and I think this is work of, really engaging, um, not at the kind of the glossy areas of whatever that, that sin that looks enticing to you is, but kind of looking in the face of it, right? So there's, um, so as we think about, um, just think about the two or three things that like, man, if there was no consequences and things would be different, I thought differently, like, hey, I would totally engage in these two or three things. And then, I need you then to think about, like, not best case scenario, but kind of middle of the road, like what that actually gets you. Because you know how we glossy stuff up, right? Think about uh, relationships that we have been in in the past. What do we, the first thing we get to, we always think about, like, the good stuff a lot. Like, I've been in some crappy relationships, and I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, that was awesome that one time we went here. And I don't sit there and dwell on, like, just how we in making decisions just weren't good for each other, right? Over and over and over and over again. And so, and we do that the opposite of what we should, right? We dismiss the, ah, that's not big a deal. And we, because that is kind of how our mind works. Romans 12 tells us that we need to renew our mind. Like our mind's just bad at that. Like we are bad at valuation. Like McClendon, like I'm bad at it as a, a grown human man. Like McClendon is atrocious at valuing things. He just doesn't have the experience, right, that he has to learn from. So I think for me, it really is dwelling on those things that I have struggled with and seeing it for what it is. Um, one time I remember, I won't call off and like say by names, I just really remember um, watching the, this was 15 years ago, I remember watching like the NTV Music Awards and I'm just sitting watching something transpire and I'm just like, that's what sin looks like. Like all, like all of a sudden it just hit me all at once. Just the, the person that was doing what they were doing, you could tell that they really didn't want to be doing it. <laughs> and the person was just really unhealthy while they were doing it. And it's like, it was just like, just a hot mess of stuff. And for whatever reason, the Lord, I feel like it was a blessing as something that I would have enjoyed watching. He would, it would just, it just looked like garbage. And until we see the thing for what it is, right, to kind of pull the mask off of it and just to see what's behind that as we see the person go home after the fun, right? We've been on those weekends where it used to be fun and then it wasn't, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> Thinking of a particular story that Megan's told me before. A particular uh, lots of weekends in, in my own life. 
where just the mask was pulled off. And so I think that I think that's the work. I need to remember that and I need to see it for what it is, not for what I want it to be or what the world glosses it up. So we'll, we'll end on that one. Good question. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you would grant us um, to see sin for what it is. It says that Satan masquerades um, as light. Lord, that we really don't um, see uh, what it is. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to be able to, to value things the way you value them. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, that that would be a fight uh, for us. And so, Lord, thank you just for allowing us just to spend a few minutes and just kind of thinking about those things um, as we finish up um, our uh, our um, study uh, next week. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. So this Thursday.